It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Gee, nothing happened this weekend, you know? Nothing. It's been kind of dull. But I do have a gripe. I am going to start with a gripe. I, I was switching. I'm a big Food Channel guy. And so we're switching around. And there was a segment on how to spice up watermelon. And, and my feeling is I don't need to put lemon juice or lime juice on watermelon or chili powder or anything. Watermelon's really good. You get it from the store and you cut it and you eat it. Tap it first, you gotta tap the top of it first because usually when you hear on the inside, the crack, there's like a little bit yes. of a smoke on the inside. Yeah. And so you know if it's really ready or not. Yeah, well, and okay. that's, that's all like, you have to do. I have no idea about that until my wife told me. I've never heard of lime juice, lemon juice, or anything like that, yeah. but I can, only, I, can only t- I can only tell you this, and I don't know if this was an Italian thing, Anthony, maybe, maybe somebody in your family who did this. My dad loved watermelon. Um, he'd, get, he'd get it during the summer, cut it up, and he would sprinkle salt on the watermelon, and it would make it sweeter. It would really? make yes. I've heard that one. Yeah, just try just try it once. If it, it, it break down the watermelon like that. Was no, salt. no, it 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 sort of drew out the water of the watermelon, and it made it sweeter. Just just try, try it once. It, it's weird, but it, it actually was I'll good. I'll try it once. Yeah, my, you know, I didn't wonder why people in my family have high blood pressure because right. we're putting salt on watermelon. But I'm not, but I'm not putting chili powder. The part of it too, you know, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not chili, putting powder. chili powder. I draw the line at chili powder or any other. You don't need anything. It's yeah, watermelon's great. Then we do poutine in a couple in, in, in a week or so, or maybe this week. We'll have to see. Okay. Smokes. I'll just we'll have to see. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the veggie gravy. I'm excited. Yeah. Go to South Street. They just opened uh, one. Yeah. I, I said it on. I said it on the July first uh, free agent friend, frenzy webcast, and Russ looked at me askew. I said, "You know, I love Canada. Happy 150th, but I hate poutine." I've never had it, so this is a first. This will be a first for me. So I won't say anything. I won't color your opinion. I'm just gonna have it. You know, I'm just gonna go in, enjoy all the Canadianness about it, and then yeah. uh, I'll make a judgment call. I have yeah. had. I've had beaver tails. Those are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, we've all had that. Yeah. we've been fortunate enough to have in the press box at Wells Fargo Center. I did find out, Russ, that was def- that's definitely Tim Hortons. That was not just the Cubs. Okay. Yeah, it was legit. So, Timmy Hose is definitely, uh, definitely okay. coffee. All right. Here we go. That's good work by you. Good journalism. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Hockey World. Today, today is Monday, July 3rd, 2017. I'm Anthony Mangione, uh, senior writer from Center Ice Philly Magazine. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Well, fast and furious over the last few days. July 1st was pretty interesting. Things picked up. Uh, big names have gone off the board. Um, and we'll start with the most recent news that just happened less than an hour ago. Um, the Montreal Canadiens are in full pa- have to be in full panic mode because I don't think that they – 
thought Ra Alex Radulov was going to go elsewhere. Mark Bergman on the weekend sort of drew a line in the sand with Radulov and Andre Markov said, you know, we want you back, but this is all we're prepared to, to pay, take it or leave it. Well, Radulov left it. He signs a five-year deal with the Dallas Stars at a AAV of $6.25 million. Uh, Russ, he turns 31 uh, in a few days. Um, Radulov has sort of been, you know, back and back and forth in the KHL. I mean, he's a quality player. Uh, what do you think of this contract? I don't like the deal. I mean, this is a deal where you get an owner that says, I want to win another cup. I know we're building for the future, but I don't care. So he puts pressure on the GM. He gets Ken Hitchcock in there. So it's just like the good old days. And now they're just spending crazily in free agency. Is this going to guarantee the Dallas Stars anything? No. I mean, they're better. I could say they're better, and I'm sure fans will be excited because there's names. But, like, I'm not going to go over the edge and say this is going to, you know, make them a cup team. I'm actually – Radulov, to me, I wouldn't sign him for more than two years at a time. Like, that's just – he's just that guy that needs to be motivated all the time. I, I don't want to give him this kind of contract. And now that he's got this kind of contract, we'll see. I mean, this is this is a risky move. This is – you know, like I said, they're a better team, but I'm not putting them at the top of the West yet either. And here, here's the magnet for a lot of uh, players when it comes to Texas and Florida-based teams. They're both non-state tax teams. So the money the money that Radulov's getting, 6.25, if he would have signed with Montreal to get that amount of – that amount – in his pocket, it probably would have had to be over eight because the taxes in Quebec are ridiculous. Uh, Anthony, what did you think of this signing? Uh, fascinating. The minute we saw Hemsky signing for one year, $1 million with the Canadians, we knew that the, what the likely situation was going to be with Montreal, that they were letting Bradley Love go, and that Dallas was the most likely. I'm fascinated by the idea of Ken Hitchcock and Alex Radulov on the same bench. Uh, this is <laughs> the um, – a fascinating experiment. Again, Hitch has, has worked, obviously, with uh, mercurial talents before. Uh, Brett, Hulk, obviously, Brett Hulk obviously comes to mind. Uh, and it's worked. Um, but um, I do have some concerns about the fact that it's five years. I, 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 I will certainly go along with Russ here that that's a long-term commitment. But we also know that he had, made, he had made it very public that he had no intention of going back to the KHL. So he kind of it was he. This was the best situation possible for him, um, in terms of that. And it was fascinating earlier today because I think Alex uh, Ivis Kynans had mentioned Philadelphia had been in the mix. And I when no I saw way. And, I, and I was like, interesting, but not with Philly's cap situation. Certainly, yeah. they're not at the point of their development right now as a team that Hexel's going to want to necessarily deal with some of the diva-like ten diva-like tendencies of Alex Rattle. Just think about this for a minute. That being said, I mean, in terms of the goal-scoring department, sure. Um, it, it's certainly been up. But again, looking at where he fits, he's a right wing, right wing slash left wing, but the way Philly kind of structured themselves this offseason, you'd have to move off several players before making this happen. Philly was basically, in my mind, just floated out there uh, yes. probably to get the tag higher for Dallas. Mm -hmm. Right. Or Montreal in this case, nobody bit, and ultimately, that led to, of course, Radulov finally deciding on Dallas. Yeah, I mean the fact that Phillies got to pay a million from bonuses last year on this year's cap 
there's no way they were going to go in heavy on another free agent. No way. I mean, the 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 team that was the logical bidding uh, bidding partner for Radulov, and apparently they dropped out sometime during the weekend was Florida. Um, now, and and there was a log jam, and we'll talk about uh, Patrick Marlowe. Uh, in a little bit, but there was a logjam between the teams interested in Marlowe and the teams interested in Radulov, and apparently Dallas was interested in both. And once Marlowe signed, then you know the Radulov became their number one, and maybe they had maybe had to, they had to increase their offer by a year or so to to get it locked in. But let's look at the Canadians for a second because I'm I'm just puzzled, and you know it's it's sort of like watching a train wreck happening here because first they they lose out on Radulov. That Alish Hemsky is signed as the replacement. That's not a replacement. I mean, I mean he's not really signed as a replacement. He's well, but just, I mean, but Ross, and he signed the same day. You know, for, doesn't uh, matter. He's just a guy. Well, okay. I mean, he's. I mean, he's not anywhere close to being a right. Basically, that, that's. He, he, you want to say lineup wise, sure, but in reality, this is this is the cap world that we live in, where yeah. you make the investments that the Canadians have made this off season. Most notably, yeah. obviously, Carey Price, which we'll get into shortly. Right. Um, these are the priorities that you put in terms of how you're going to lay out your money on your lineup. So, 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 so um, yesterday, early in the morning, it's announced that Carey Price signs an eight-year, eighty-four million dollar extension. So he's tied right now currently for the league lead in salary with Patrick Kane and uh, Jonathan Taves at $10.5 million AAV. The thing that's interesting about this deal, 70 of the $84 million is signing bonus. I mean, it's this is buyout-proof, lockout-proof, everything-proof. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's a great deal for him. I mean, look, they have the money. It's not a problem. And when you pay that much money, it definitely affects – other players on the team because of the salary and the amount, the percentage on the cap. But everybody dumping on the Canadians right now, A, we're still in early July. B, they have Charles Houdon who can come up, who might be able to come up and score 18, 20 goals. And so, like, nobody's willing to even talk about any of their youngsters that could come up now, now that there are spots available, and they do have a few. And, and so, like, I'm not ready to dump on them yet. Now, defensively, they're better defensively. They're not better with offense in their defense, but they're better defensively and they're bigger than they used to be. So if you're telling Claude Julian he has to win every game two to one, they just might. I'm not ready to bail on him yet. They're not gonna have a choice in the matter, Russ. That's the no. issue here. They don't have a choice in the matter. They they have you know much of their puck moving ability right now. We saw you obviously have Markov there, um, Weber's there, but you lost Sergachev in, in the Drew N trade. Uh, so that, you know, was a guy you could have potentially counted on in this circumstance. I worry for Montreal and the fact that they they could be potentially a very easy team to play against in terms yeah. of if you've got a team that can clog up the neutral zone on them, I'm not necessarily sure they got the mobility on the back end right. to be able to deal with counter rushes. And Carey Price is going to have to earn every bit of that cap hit to keep Now, we don't, know, we don't know where Noah Juleson is. It's possible they may elevate That's Noah Juleson. But as of right now, the way the roster is currently constructed defensively, it's, it, they have a real concern there in my mind. Yeah, I don't think they've gotten better defensively. I mean, right now it's Weber. No, they've gotten better defensively. I think they have. Right now it's Weber, Petrie, Alsner, Schlemko, Jordy Ben, and probably Juleson. That's a good defensive team. That's a, that's like, a good that defense, is, but I, I don't know if it's as good as what they had last year. I mean, oh, I, about, I mean, I Markov had a great year. Now, the thing is, you know, right now, Markov was asking for two years, $6 million per. Yeah. 
They've got cap room. They've got room to maneuver. If they re-sign Markov, maybe if they can get him to take one year, then I think, okay, they're, they're in a good position defensively. But like Anthony said, offensively right now, I don't know what they're doing up the middle. Do you think that they're going to move Drouin to the middle? I think that would not be wise. Do they gotta try it? it? You know they're going to try it. It's not or, or or do they? Or, or does or does Claude Julian plug his nose and put Galchenyuk back in the middle and hope and pray? He might yeah, do that. I got another option. I, I could you could potentially float out there if they begin looking for centers. If they are looking for centers or surplus centers. Certain team that Russ and I live near right now um, have a surplus in that department. So, mm-hmm. could we see Bergevin get on the horn with Hex- Ron Hextall and say, "Hey, so what can we give you in exchange for one of those centers?" And to really, you know, obviously take off some of that cap. It yeah. look at a guy like Valtteri Filppula, who again they acquired. Mm-hmm. I think Filppula could potentially fit in there uh, in Montreal. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, Latera, if they're gonna, they would use him potentially. But I think they're gonna. The plan is to hold on. The Flyers, I think, like Latera, and I think they're gonna. They, they like him, I think, in that penalty killing role and that fourth yeah. line role. So and they basically a better version of Chris Vandevelde in that fourth yeah. line role there, a, a yeah. better, more physical player in this case. So I'm not floating a rumor out there. I'm just saying no. that if the Flyers wanted to relieve and, and kind of set things up a little differently with the surplus <clears throat> players that they had. Montreal potentially is a place where that could happen. Yeah, I mean there are teams with excess centers, and I mean, and like like we both all said, is you know the summer is not over with, but as it's right as of right now, I, I don't know the direction that the Canadians are going. And now now we we mentioned before we hit the the record button here that you know there is a possibility there are two names out there, uh, the venerable Yarmer Yager and Ilya Kovalchuk, who by the way. Was supposedly offered a ton of, you know, they back, were going to back, uh, back up the Brinks truck in St. Petersburg for him. Well, he hasn't signed that deal with SKA. So if if, if that's the case, you know, because he knows it's there, that's why. Right, he knows it's there. He, he he can go back to it. It's a fallback position. But if now Montreal is desperate, and now that they've lost Radulov, now if they will, will offer him a two or three year deal, then you might see Kovalchuk in Montreal. But here's the thing. I still don't think people understand Mark Bergevin from a cap perspective. He was going to pay Carey Price, right? He's the franchise. He doesn't give out big contracts. He just doesn't. And so if Kovalchuk is expecting his – he probably looks at the Radulov deal and is expecting something similar. There's no way Montreal is giving him something similar. Mm-hmm. Now, the Rangers made the arguably the biggest splash. I mean, Shattenkirk was the prize in free agency. And yeah, I've heard the thing is I've heard mixed things about this for us. I mean, it's like they got Shattenkirk for four years. They have to be complimented for that. They didn't give him five. They didn't give him six. But they gave him almost seven million per. So offered seven for seven by a couple teams. So yeah, I don't know. I heard mixed things about the like. I heard that the Devils were in, but they only offered maybe a year or maybe two years more. They went six, but not not seven. So. Um, overall, what do you think of the signing? Well, here's the thing. Again, I think people started to get overly critical about him just before free agency opened. Well, let's talk about everything he can't do instead of talking about what he can do. And that's why the day before free agency, I brought it up and I said, hey, if the Rangers sign him, he's going to play with Ryan McDonough. I'm not really worried about what he does so much in his own end if he's paired with Ryan McDonough. Now I'm worried about, hey, what can he do on the power play? He's great on the power play. He scores double-digit goals every year. 
he could break the 50-point barrier with the right guys. He He's a terrific puck mover, and he is not horrible defensively. Remember, you know, this guy's been an all-star, too, and everybody's like, well, he doesn't get picked for the U.S. team. You know, there's a lot of politics involved in that, but you know what? He, he played for BU. He had a lot of responsibility there. Hitch put a lot of pressure on him in St. Louis. It's not like all of a sudden he's going to walk into MSG and go aghast because there's some spotlight on him. He's had spotlight on him his whole career. He's a, you know, he's a pretty high-fluting U.S. player who everybody's known about since he's really played at Old Avon Farms. So I'm not worried about him. I think he'll be fine. I think if anybody's looking for a Keith Yandel 2.0, he's better than Keith Yandel. He was always better in his own end than Yandel. I'm not saying he's terrific in his own end. But Yandel was always like a train wreck at times in his own. Now the one thing I noticed about the one thing I noticed about looking at the Rangers, Anthony, and looking at looking at their at their cap situation, you know they have they have Lundqvist and they have the the defenseman you know uh, Stahl and now Shattenkirk locked up for four years, but everybody else it's it's two years one year that they, they don't have a lot of allocated money down down the line so i mean that's good in terms of fiscal organization for the rangers yeah i mean there's there's a, there's a certainly financial flexibility that they have after the next two seasons um again as russ brought up i think uh if shattenkirk is paired with mcdonough that mitigates i think some of his defensive shortcomings because at the very least you know, you have a guy like McDonough behind you, you're going to have the encouragement to go on the play and do the things that you do best. And Chad and Kirk is an, is an excellent offensive defenseman. If, if McDonough goes down, then I think those defensive uh, inadequacies begin to show up a lot more. Sure. And that's the one thing you have to be concerned with, with the amount of money that they allocate. That being said, the contract, which everybody thought was going to be over $7 million, wasn't that. And in that respect, I think it was a good investment for New York. Uh, he's a good puck. He's as good a puck mover as there is, in the, I think, in the NHL uh, in terms of getting the puck on that, especially a power play weapon. They absolutely need a guy who can bomb it from the point. He can absolutely yeah. do that. I think also his performance with the Capitals, I think, kind of shaded uh, how people looked at him as well, especially in the postseason. He had some rough games in the playoffs. So everybody's like, do I really want, do you really want to invest? Well, if you want to look at it and say, hey, maybe that postseason performance shaved a little bit of what of what his offer was. Uh, going into free agency, then that's that's certainly a possibility. That being said, New York did very well, I think, in bringing him in. And again, if he's paired with McDonough, um, it's going to be good. And again, as you said, financial flexibility after this, after the next two seasons, New York will be able to do some things afterwards to restructure as they go forward. So ultimately, I think it's a good situation. You know, and he was a plus player in Washington in the regular season. And during the playoffs, I think he had like seven points in 13 games. Playing Trotz's system, which at times – is unbearably defensive, and and he did play it, so he wasn't necessarily playing to his strength either. No, but I think the criticism of Shattenkirk in the playoffs was the giveaways. I mean, I know in the Toronto yeah, series he he made a few glaring ones. Now speaking of the Capitals, and they were busy this weekend, and you know, okay, first they lock up Dmitry Orlov. There were some hints of him potentially going back to to Russia. I think that both him and Kuznetsov used that as bargaining chips. Uh, Orloff uh, gets 5.1 million for six years. I think that's pretty much par for the course for an offensive defenseman. They may have paid a little more because they bought unrestricted years, but the the 
the interesting maneuver was yet was yesterday when Kuznetsov was extended for eight years at almost eight million bucks, and then a few moments later they flipped Marcus Johansson to the New Jersey Devils for a couple draft picks. Russ McClellan is taking a little heat for this. I don't think these are bad moves. No, I mean everybody's sort of like they're back into the mode of let's bash the Capitals, right? And so. Who would let Kuznetsov walk as a GM in this league? Nobody. Because even if he didn't have a great year last year, he showed you what he can do. And if he keeps the consistency going, he's a heck of a player. He could be a top 10 player in the league because he has that kind of talent. Whether he does that or not, who knows. But I'm just saying you can't let him walk. Johansson was on the outs for the last couple of years. Yeah. So we knew he wasn't going to be signed long term and you knew he was going to be gone. Now, did they get a ton for him? No. But here's the thing. I've even seen people writing stuff and saying stuff like, well, Washington's not even that deep. Washington's really deep as far as kids go. They got Madison Bowie who can come up and play defense. They got Riley Barber who can come up. They have Jakob Verano who can come up. And they have a few other players. Jonas Siegenthaler is not that far away. Like, they are loaded. For people don't who just are tied up into these names and contracts, they are loaded with prospects. So in the next couple of years when they start seeding these kids in, They'll be fine. So that's why I'm not worried about the Capitals. Anthony, I mean, I think the criticism with Washington, I mean, first of all, you look at their defense now as opposed to what it was a couple months ago. Schmidt's gone. Uh, uh, Shattenkirk's gone. Alsner's gone. You know, they still have Niskanen, Orpik, Orloff, and Carlson. Carlson's going to have to be signed next year. But some of the things that they did – I mean, if you look at their cap situation, they have about $8 million in cap space, and the only RFA they really have to sign is Burakovsky. So they're they're not in terrible shape, and they pretty much kept most of the forwards that were difference makers last year. So I, I don't think they're in a, in a bad state right now. I don't think so either. It's it's just I think when you, everybody looks at the subtractions that they've had this offseason from the current roster, which was most of the best in the National Hockey League, you're going to get this reaction out of people that the Caps window is shut, that they're done. Now, Russ put it best. I mean, in terms of they've got guys in the system. Now, Bowie, I've had word that he still needs probably a little bit more time before he's ready to come up uh, from Hershey. He's still raw on some aspects, and I don't know if they're necessarily comfortable yet bringing him up. That being said, they may have to anyway because yeah. of the questions that they've had. And he's, he's had physical, so no matter what, they gain that. They may need that in, certainly in their back line. Um, you add it to the mix, and I got And again, we have to give also Jersey Devils GM Ratio a ton of credit for taking advantage of this situation and adding a point getter for two draft picks that aren't New Jersey Devil draft picks. They were acquired right. from other deals as well, so it's a smart move on Shiro's part. And he adds a top six forward for pennies for almost what seems like pennies on the dollar, which again makes McClellan look bad in this circumstance. But in reality, when you look at the situation, they wanted Oshie. They felt that Oshie was an important player, so you knew that in reality that's the trade-off. They basically yeah. decided on Oshie over uh, over Johansson. The other thing we have to take into the mixer as well that people also may be looking at with the Caps is that um, that Trotz is down to the last year of his deal and that there is a some concern here that the window is closing if Trotz is going to be leaving. And they have not allowed Todd Reardon to really interview elsewhere. So you know the intention could be – that we could potentially see that happening in the uh, in, in, in the near future, that Reardon may be taking over if they don't win it this year. Yeah, I don't think – you know what's funny? And I don't think losing Trotz closes the window for them. 
Trotz has never done much in the playoffs. I mean, we, we have to be realistic about that. We all like him. He's a great guy. We know why he was to yeah. instill a defensive responsibility on the Capitals. Yes. For the most part, that did happen. They were a much better defensive team under him and have been. Mm-hmm. But, again, you still have him hitting that second-round ceiling, and they just can't pass past it. Well, right. I- I saw I saw Bowie two years ago play for Hershey in the Calder Cup uh, conference final, and I thought he was an NHL defenseman at that point. So there may there may still be a few rough edges, but I think he can learn to you know sort of hone those uh, in I the NHL. And for and and, for, and I saw Verona too, and I thought he was I think he was pretty close as Verona well. Verona got bounced up and down a lot last year. I think I think he could be more consistent, and I think he'll do that this year. Like I said, I'm not worried about him. Even goaltending wise, they have Samsonov. Like they, if you go and look at this team's farm system, they are loaded, man. Yeah, and and you know what they're what they're gonna do is like what they did today. They added Devontae Smith Pelly, who's an NHL NHL yeah. player. He can be a fourth line guy for you. They re-signed Brett Connolly. They're gonna add pieces, and the the attraction of somebody like Ovechkin and Backstrom and all those guys, that's a magnet for other players. So veteran players might be willing to take a one year deal for less money. Um, you know, to, to go to Washington, just like they will go to, you know, places like uh, Dallas or San Jose or Florida because of taxes or whatever, or weather. Um, now, we'll, we'll get into this, although Act is going to jump on any second. But we'll, so, so we'll start with this and then uh, probably finish up after he, he jumps off. Um, the Maple Leafs make a couple signings on Saturday, veteran signings, Ron Hainsey to a two-year deal. Uh, Dominic Mortal one-year deal. Brian Boyle went out, signed with New Jersey. Not not a not a big big uh, big thing, but uh, Dominic Moore is a capable fourth-line center. Bron Hainsey is a capable bottom-pairing defenseman. Where where I was slightly critical is the fact that um, if Ron Hainsey is a top four on this team, then they're in trouble because he's not a top four defenseman. If he's replacing Matt Hunwick. That's all fine and good. Sunday, you were waiting for the other shoe to drop, and it finally did because Patrick Marlowe was out there. He hadn't signed when Thornton signed in San Jose, so everybody. I think the the feeling out there was that Marlowe was going to sign someplace else because if if he was going to go back to San Jose, he probably would have been in in concert with with Thornton, and he signs a three year, eighteen point seven five million dollar deal with the Maple Leafs. I was a little stunned. Uh, Russ, what did you think of the deal? I think it's a year too long, but I think if you get two really good years out of them, the Leafs will deal with the last year. I think they're looking at that. I think they are certainly looking at Zach Hyman's replacement. There's no way you brought in Patrick Marlowe and you're going to keep Zach Hyman on the top line. I said it the other day, and I'm sticking with that, Mike. I mean, I, I, he's a top-line guy for them now. They want Matthews to learn from him. He's yeah. a very gifted scorer. There's, there's no reason to not do that. So I think, you know, I think they got better. He's got to be good for two years, though. If he dies after one year, and then this deal will face tremendous scrutiny. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I was joking on Twitter that after year two, they're going to send him on vacation with uh, Marion Hosa so he can catch the skin rash. But <laughs> I'm just, I'm just joking. But yeah, I think, I think, it, I mean, the deal was front loaded. He got eight million this year. Well, I think it was six point five. Yeah. So I mean. It, I think it's structured for a, for a two-year window, and if he yeah. plays the third year, great. But I do think it changes things around. 
Um, I, you know, I think they, Marlowe will play with Matthews. But if they hadn't signed Marlowe, oh, there's progress. See, so much progress this weekend for you, Mike. I'm proud of you. If they hadn't signed Marlowe, Hyman would have stayed with Matthews. I'm telling you but right they now. Did All right, all right. But you, you can't assume anything until it actually. You, you have to wait till it actually happens. But that's what we do. We we hypothesize and assume. Never, and remember, remember, remember the bad news bears. Never assume. You make an ass out of you and me. Okay, Anthony. Um, I think I, I agree with Russ that it's a year too long, but I think that was the price that they had to pay to sign him. Are yeah. you surprised Marlowe left San Jose? I was after when Thornton when when it was known it was Thornton was going to sign. My expectation was that Marlowe was probably going to stay, but we're probably at the. It's dangerous to automatically assume guys are package deals in free agency. And the right. fact of the matter is that once we saw the numbers that Toronto was putting out for him. San Jose wasn't going to lay that kind of money out for Marlowe. No. As much loyalty as they may have to the guy, um, that's just that would have been no way. There's no way, no how they would have done that contract with him. So he has to make the big move going across. I I really do. More and more, I look at it again. The only thing I'm concerned about is everybody's like, oh, he hasn't hasn't been hurt in eight you know eight seasons. You know, he's an Ironman. I was like, yeah, well, you know the law of averages. Yes, start to happen. Is as he's like, he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on him. I'm like. He's played a lot of hard minutes for the for the San Jose Sharks. But let's not let let's. But that being said, he's been very fortunate. He's in great physical shape. I do feel that for a thirty-seven-year-old forward, though, that a three-year deal was a bit was a bit too far, bridge too far for me with regards to signing him to the deal that they did at the cap hit that they did. Yeah, every, every, I do see. I do again. They look at him as much as a mentor. Or a guy like, like obviously, like Matthews and many of the other. But Matthews is really the target here. And also, there's injuries that could swing him back to center. There's, a, you know, mm -hmm. easily put Marlowe in the middle, say, if Matthews gets hurt. And, you know, I don't want to say not necessarily skip the beat, but again, he's a consistent 30 goal scorer, mm -hmm. uh, box solid player. Um, as long as he remains healthy, he's an out, he's you know, unquestionably an upgrade for the for the uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. No, I, I I believe I believe that he's going to be kept on the wing for them, and this is the thing. Yeah, he will be. Yeah, this is this is move one in a two pronged move because it does not make sense to sign Marlowe and then be overloaded at wing and not have that top four defenseman that you need. And and hey, how's it going? And, hey. and as as X said on on Saturday, one of the things that you'd be looking at is if the Leafs sign Marlowe, they're going to probably have to flip a guy like JVR. Now JVR is only signed for one more year, and now that Marlowe is signed for two years after this year at six point two five million, there is no room to sign JVR to a long term extension. So I think what you're going to see in the next week is JVR flipped for a top four defenseman somewhere. Yeah, I'd say, hey, Anthony, how are you? Hey, how are you? Good, man. Um, yeah, I am. I, I, I agree. Actually, I was told flat out that they wouldn't trade, that they wouldn't sign Marlowe until they knew they could trade JVR. So right. whether or not, you know, they have a couple options now or, you know, they're pulling back on that, that's still to be determined, right? But I think that, I think this is a good sign that they know they can trade. And I don't, I don't think it's surprising that they can trade JVR. I mean, JVR is a talented guy. Should be. Right. Well, I, I think I think what Toronto was waiting for, Ak, and I, I think that they were smart is is there were three twenty goal scorers 
on in free agency this year. One of them was Verbata. He signed with uh, with Florida. One of them was Marlowe, and there was one other, and I can't remember the other one. Right, Radulov scored 19 goals last year. But once those guys went off the board, there's no real consistent scoring in this free agent class. You know, that, hey, you, you mentioned Florida. Florida did exactly – this is where I never want to say somebody is a savior, even a Dale Talon, because Dale Talon went in, he made his moves, but he could only shop in this year's free agent market, which isn't a great market. And so he was going against a lot of teams, and now when the dust is settled, Florida's no better than they were last year. They may be worse. And they so, went hard for Radulov. Um, they yeah, did. but that's what I mean, but they lost They started out. to feel like – you know, and, and let's repeat what Mike just said for a second, guys. Mm -hmm. Radulov scored 19 goals last year. You know, like yeah. that is something that is like worth noting again. That yeah, oh yeah. As much as he <laughs> just signed five years, six point two five million dollars, uh, you know, to play for a team where he's not going to be the number one guy. Like, he was well, the best scorer on on Dallas. I mean, on well, Montreal. On Dallas, he's not the best. Scorer. Well, one 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 thing, Mac, and you're right. He's only scored nineteen goals, but you're talking about a team that did not that he played with Philip Deneau for most of the year. Yeah, but there's there's a there's a give and take on that, right? Because there's the on one hand, he's playing every first power. Play. He's playing every possible moment. You know, yes, yeah. he's playing with less players, but there's more puck for him to have. You know, so where you go now, you're Sagan. You know, you're now you're in the Sagan world, right? So you're in a totally different world in Dallas. You're gonna, there's a lot. You know, Ben Sagan. You're gonna have a lot. I, mean, I think he'll. I think he'll still be on the first power play. They 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 don't. They can move Spezza to the second one, and he could play the wing on the first power play. I, I mean, they do that because Spezza was so good for them last year. I know. Yeah, I don't know if they'll move Spezza out of that power play. I'll be honest. I mean, I think that I think this is I think what we've seen in this in this free agency period in general, um, it, more than ever before, is a is a group of owners pushing GMs. Like yes. I think you're. No I think question you're, about that. You know, like you're, there seems to be some moves that are the, the Dallas Dallas one, this Radulov one. There's no question that you know. Um, oh yeah. I think, I think you know. I'm not going to say that you know the Marlowe move. The Marlowe move isn't that, but it's. The Marlin move is definitely a little bit of a departure from where Toronto was going, right? Well, the the the, Mar the Marlo move was the reality that there was, the, and and we've ta we've talked about this for a little while. There was a two year window. They realized that you've got that two year window right now with Mar with uh, with Marner and Matthews on their entry levels, where you could not spend willy nilly, but you could spend and add veteran guys and take a concerted run for championship. And then probably have to reset in a couple of years when you pay Matthews and Marner and maybe Nealander the big money. So I think that was that was the reason why they they went after Marlowe, and that's why I think the the corresponding move is to to add the top four defensemen, whether it be Tanev or they they make a deal for Vatnin or whatever. But that is the the only way that Matt, that that Marlowe makes sense is if they make the next move. If they if they stay right now and Ron Hainsey's on their second defensive pairing, then I don't know what the heck they're doing. Listen, I mean, the, the reality is in this market, though, Mike, not everybody can make the moves that they have planned out. That's what I was talking about with Florida. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say even with the next go-round for the Leafs. Like, it's just yeah. prices are ridiculous, and the team sort of had to say what was they – they had to act on what was most important to them. And, and I think teams did that. But as far as those secondary things and after that, that's hard. Yeah, but the top four, a, a top four D is not a secondary thing. I think, I think what's a hard thing to fill though. That's what a, it is. It is a hard thing to fill. But I think the whole, the main reason, I mean, there were, 
there were things with Marlowe in terms of leadership, in terms of experience that they wanted to have an influence on their young guys. But I really think that the main motivation with Marlowe is the fact that Babcock likes him, he trusts him, he's consistent. And if you bring him in, then JVR becomes not disposable, but you you can move him without significantly affecting your offense. And that's why I think one has to do with the other. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, there's a couple of interesting things about the Marlowe. Like the, 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 there's a lot of interesting things about it. One is I'm, I'm happy for Toronto fans that the team's going for it. You know, the team's actually going to try to win now. They're not trying to just, you know, get the best draft pick they can get. They're going for it. And that's good. Um, and the other thing about that, though, that's really interesting is Patrick Marlowe hated negative press in San Jose. Um, well, <laughs> like, there were times when, I mean, we had a writer in there who got, who got you know, kicked out of the press box for a game because he wrote something about Marlowe, which was completely within the norms of, or even mellow as to what would be said in Philadelphia to somebody. He just basically asked them, he said, you skated today. I remember the situation was, Mar it was a playoff game. Marlowe was day-to-day. Marlowe took the morning skate. And he went up to him and said, so you look pretty good in the morning skate. Does that mean you're going to play today? And Marlo got all pissed off. <laughs> and, well, uh, all I can say for Patrick. I mean, Gerard, and Marlo's wife, too, who's another really big um, character um, and a good person. But like, like I said, I know people who know her very well who are on the youth hockey team with them. And I know the whole situation. Marlo's wife, like, read Hockey Buzz. I used to hear things about it. So it was, it was one of these things, like, they really just – Marla's going to a totally different situation than he's ever been before. And, and Mike Babcock's edict about being uh, being somebody who protects his players will be will be, you know, it put to the forefront when it comes to Patrick yeah. Marlowe. But all I can do is su suggest to Patrick buy satellite radio for your car and watch different cable stations other than <laughs> Sportsnet because you're going to get criticized. Even if you play good for 80 games, those two games that you play badly, you're going to get criticized. It's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. Well, Marlowe's history in the playoffs, too, is not the greatest. So, I mean, it's, he's, not, he's not a bad it's playoff. It's pretty good, though. Like, when you look yeah, at it, it's pretty good. He's got good numbers. That's really what we did just before, Russ. Remember, we talked yeah. about this within this, this debate. But he's got good numbers. But I, remember, I know as a person who sharks are one of the teams I like to follow in the West, I remember I I had that feeling of but I've been disappointed by Marlowe in the playoffs. Like there have been moments when he sh when he didn't come up with a big goal or he didn't come up with a big player. I mean his numbers overall are, are are fine and they're you know they're 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 average to what he's been in the regular season. But he hasn't been one of those guys who's really. Exactly. Up. I saw Justin Williams, by the way on the beach like five minutes ago. She's really funny. Um, very happy guy today. Um, has his place down here in Ventnor. <laughs> he's doing pretty well. So that was it's, it's it's funny to see a guy. You know what 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 does a guy do like right after he signs for multi millions of dollars? You know he sits on the beach and has a beer with his buddy. You know that's what he's doing. That's pretty hilarious. It's, it's uh, pretty funny. Anthony, what are your thoughts on the Flyers on the Flyers move? I just was curious about you know if you thought they should be more aggressive. I think where they're at right now, I think I was okay with what they did. Um, certainly, I originally thought that. Jonathan Bernier might have been the guy they were looking at with the prior history he had with Hextall in Los Angeles and with the goalie coaches. But Elliott, I think, is probably the best – in terms of UFAs, is probably the best guy they were going to have that would fit what they were going to do if they weren't going to make a trade for a goaltender in this case. Um, free agent-wise, again, there's getting wheel back, I think, fit well. And certainly after the trade of Braden Shen, there was a screaming need on the left wing – uh, we'll now will have that opportunity to potentially, you know, I don't know if he's not by himself, he's not going to be able to, uh, you know, keep up that scoring clip. But again, in terms of, again, we all know Braden's 
numbers are all a lot of are skewed towards the power play versus even strength. So overall, I'm okay with what they did. They're still, in my mind, about a year away before they can really start to look at what they might do with UFAs. We got to see where they're at as a, as a team. I'll so, tell you the most under talked about thing for the Flyers is Shen played in the middle on the power play. Who's playing there now? Like we all want to kill Braden Shen for the power play goals he got, but now you have to replace those power play goals. Who's going to do it? And that's a big question here in this case. And again, we're going to need to see where if Nolan Patrick figures into this right. uh, going into the season, is he is, would he end up being the replacement? Uh, but again, we have to see physically where he's at four to six weeks, according to Ron Hextall, with regards to his recovery from the from the abdominal surgery. If he's what they think he can be, he could potentially be that guy. And mm -hmm. Again, as a right shot, gives them a different look uh, in that circumstance. So if he can play to the level that everybody thinks he's capable of in his first year, he could be that guy. If not, then things get a little bit more interesting in the, on that second power play center unit. That's going to be very interesting to see. But that's a good point, Russ. Did you share? Did you guys share the story at all last week of um, of Russ Cohen and Kevin Allen and the first pick in the draft that I heard from Kevin? <laughs> I shared it all. We, talk, we talked about it when Kevin was on the show. Okay, I wasn't sure. It was pretty funny. It was great. You know, he Russ actually convinced Kevin to change his mind. Russ's powers of persuasion were at its utmost. I, I think mean, that's a huge amount of respect, Russ. I mean, that's all I can no, say. No, no, I took it that way, too. I did. You know, and not to say you let him down, but I just think that it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, okay. No, obviously. No, but you know what? At the end of the day, um, I was talking to Kevin yesterday. He was laughing about it. He said, um, "He's really." I always I thought Nolan Patrick. He, he's just he is a flyer, like in his mind, like from what he's seen, how he's seen him play. You know, he's like that Keith Primo type player. He's got that. You know, he's got that the Patrick name. Like he just feels like a flyer. Um, you know, as opposed to you know Nico, who feels more like a devil probably. So it's more along. The, so it didn't make sense, but it was. I thought it was pretty hilarious that. No, it was good. It was that good. he changed his mind on that. Um, I, from all I've heard, uh, it, it does sound like that they, they kind of expect Nolan Patrick to play this year. Um, you know, it really, and that is kind of out there for Hextall, I think, to a degree, because Hextall has been so conservative mm -hmm. um, in general. So if there is if there is any chance at all, if for some reason he comes in and doesn't look well from the injury, Hextall won't hesitate on to send him back. But I think that the idea is that, um, and it's another case though, because like I was talking about before, where you have owners. Kind of forcing general managers to do things. You also have a situation, I think, where you have some general managers without strong ownerships who are doing odd things. And I think that so you have Hextall, for example, in Philly. No one knows who would fire Ron Hextall. Like no one has any idea. You, Joe, man, I don't know who would, who would really fire we, Ron Hextall. We know that there's a guy. We've seen him maybe twice this <laughs> hockey season. There's a guy, but but, but Ron Hextall. There's a guy for us. I mean, there's a guy, but I know. I, I agree. Nobody knows. I mean, it used to be, okay, we looked at Peter Luko, and Peter Luko right. was the guy who would, who would make the moves with Paul Holmgren or whatever. So you knew that there was Holmgren was sort of accountable. Holmgren, would Holmgren fire Hextall? I get no. this that they're more kind I of on par with each other. I give a recommendation, but I don't think I don't right. think do it. And like that, you have a situation going on in Colorado where you have Sackick, who really there's not a strong ownership there either, and no one knows who's accountable there. So – what Sakic is doing with Duchesne, which is really getting to the to the edge of bizarre, because I've been talking to people now who, um, you know, good sources in Columbus and Nashville. So they, they, no, I haven't really talked to many people in Boston. I kind of don't know if the Boston offers how real it is, or if it's something that they're just Sakic's kind of keeping alive for the sake of having a third team belt. But 
Well, I mean, from from what from what Ty what Ty Anderson said, Boston's still not on board with offering Brandon Carlo, and if they're not on board with offering Brandon Carlo, they're not getting Matt Duchesne because I have right. a feeling that's what they're. You know, right. Colorado native, he's what twenty one years old, and he's a good, big, good young defenseman. Look, that, it, it, I mean, Travis Hamonic was not to Joe Sakic's liking because he wanted a guy still on their ELC. Or, or with RFA status, he wanted him to be 25 or under and a right-handed shot and a top-pairing guy. So as an example, if the Rangers wanted to trade for Matt Duchesne, they would lose Brady Shea. Like there's, no, there's nobody else they could give up on their team that Joe Sackett would accept. So when you start limiting the terms to that, it tells me that Duchesne's not going anywhere. Well, there were there were some people, and and I know that you're really tied in with Nashville Act. There were some people who thought when they got Emelin from Vegas, and yeah, no, and I was one of those people because that made sense, right? That was like, and when people had talked about them getting Alzner, which I knew they had weren't in on Alzner, but when you know, I think the people made the natural assumption that it's interesting because there's there's so few people that are really connected to Nashville, and I'm not saying I'm super connected to Nashville, but I'm more connected than most Canadian people out there. So it's like there's a lot. Of, and maybe more are now because they just spent time there. But I don't get the sense Coyle hasn't opened up too many people. And um, and the one thing that Nashville is really interesting on Nashville is they have money. Like for the first time in their lives, they had they got a huge playoff game. Like just something that just completely every one of those yep. games is like two and a half million dollars. So right. think about that. What that that changes things as far as what you're doing. They actually their cap is actually lower based on the players they've lost, um, even though they've signed Benino and Hartnell. Their cap their cap their cap's still lower because they lost James Neal, right? So. Yeah. And the other guy they lost. So, so they have they have money to spend. So they, Duchesne, the Duchesne money issue is not a big deal. Um, I thought for sure when they went and got Emlyn, who I'm not a huge fan of Emlyn, and didn't seem like a Poyle type defenseman, that maybe they were going to flip Emlyn, or they were going to finally, or they're going to use that to, you know, to move somebody else off the oh, defense, yes. like Ellis or Atcom. Atcom was the guy they wanted, right? So, but then I was told pretty quickly that no, that Emlyn's not involved in this at all. Maybe Weber likes playing with Emlyn. That could be, but then you also have the idea of now. I heard that Hal Nashville was staying in in this thing was by offering Gerard and um, Samuel Gerard, yeah, Carrier. So Carrier and Gerard, two really good defensive prospects, right? Yeah, around. but Gerard's still years away, and that's probably where Sackick would balk at it. But what about Carrier? Was is he close? He's I think not he's close either. Like I think both of those guys are. We're still talking a couple of years away, two two or yeah. more. And if, I we're think ta- if, if we're talking. If we're talking prospect when it comes to Nashville yeah. to Colorado, you're probably talking Fabro. So that's right. I mean, well, and those are the two players, though, that have been mentioned. Fabro's closer. Nashville yeah. seems to think that. I mean, at least the people I was talking to in Nashville seem to think that Gerard and Carrier are closer than that. I don't know. Maybe well, yeah. that might be. If you're going to make Gerard a power play guy and just throw him on the third pair to start, then yeah. he is closer. But Fabro all around is yeah. closer. That might be spin coming out of Nashville to see, yeah. see how you know how, how if they can pull the wool over. Nobody was higher in the draft than than, than me on Gerard, but I'm just saying you right. got to give him a little time. Right, and I think Smith is the guy, another guy that they were looking at um, as a forward who would go without. You know, he's so. But I honestly think that Nashville could could take is more would like to have Duchesne, but is okay if not. They don't get Duchesne. Where I think that Columbus really wants Duchesne, and I think that's. They need, I mean, the Columbus mandate when I was talking to them last year, this time last year, was we don't have enough skilled players flat out. Like we just don't have, right. we have, we have good players, we have hardworking players. Everybody knows this as the hardworking Columbus Blue Jackets. We, we work at, we'll check you, we'll check you, but who's the real skilled players? And 
Sam Gagne went on there and was a skilled was looked like an incredibly skilled player compared yeah. to the rest of the Blue Jackets. And he he's a, he's a, he is a skilled player, but you know then you know of course they go out and they get a very good skilled player, you know, and you know they they but they really their top top guy now, you know Panarin. They grab Panarin. That's a hugely yeah. skilled player. And oh, yeah. now they look at Duchesne and they're saying, okay, with Duchesne. And then now they're adding, you're adding a ton of skill with Duchesne and Panarin. And, I mean, that's, and, that's, and, and Dubois probably comes in next year Dubois, as well. He's not involved but, in this trade at all. Like, there are no. rumors about maybe Dubois being, there's no way Dubois is involved in this trade. There are some more signings too. Uh, Mike Riley signed a two year deal for Minnesota. Right. Like, he could be a heck of a defenseman in, in a year or two. So, that's not bad at all. That's good. Um, Grigorenko still has two offers out there from NHL teams. I'm guessing Montreal is one of them. I would think Montreal would be one of them. It's that's possible, um, but Sorry, you know, just by uh, <laughs> someone just entered the door behind me. Sorry, but he, but he also but he also apparently got an offer from uh, as uh, CSKA Moscow, and I think TSN reported that he had signed it, but then reports out of Russia came out that uh, that he didn't sign it, so it's right. still being decided. Um, um, the one other thing I want to throw about the Joe Thornton trade, that I, the Joe Thornton signing that I heard about was, you know, we were all wondering why it was being delayed. And it was, I talked to somebody, it was because of the fact that Thornton was willing to take less money if Marlowe came back. Makes sense. Well, so I'm holding off on the exact number. He said, I'll play there for, basically, I'll play there for six with Marlowe, I'll play there with eight without him. That's kind of how it played out. I wish I, I, wish I had my Karnak hat that I could put on right now because... Uh, we okay. all do, Mike. Yes, but, but San Jose was very interesting in their maneuvers this weekend they extend yeah. Vlasic which I think they way over I, I like Vlasic as a defenseman but how Vlasic makes a half a million dollars more than Cam Fowler yeah, when, he's, when, he's, when he's five years older I, I do not understand but they signed Vlasic to an eight-year extension they signed Martin Jones I think it was to a six-year extension making a little under six those deals don't kick in till next year yeah. That and Thornton got the bulk of the money that was available this year. He got eight million bucks. Yeah, I, I'm telling you right now, how many rumors are we going to hear before the deadline and next July about Joe Thornton joining his buddy Patrick Marlowe in Toronto and Tyler Bozak? Million dollar cap hit at any point. You know that's the thing about that. You know it's like who can? I mean, I mean Toronto, I guess will be able to perhaps, but it's like that's still even if you take it on with just a month to go in the season, that's. And I also don't think Joe Thornton. I don't think I don't see Thornton as well. I'm, I'm just I'm just I saying. I would want to play in Toronto at all. I'm really well, surprised at Marlowe, to be honest. I am. I, so I, so maybe I could be wrong. Maybe Marlowe goes there. And Toronto, the only reason that they're both possibly even thinking about it is because of the coach. You know, about right, Toronto, he's definitely somebody that they love and they admire. Toronto pitched Thornton very hard before he signed with San Jose. Yeah. Now you know that, but I'm saying right now the the road back to San Jose might not be there next July because those contracts yeah. kick in on top of Brent Burns. So I mean, there might not be that money there. The Leafs, Tyler Bozak is a UFA. He leaves. They could sign Thornton for a year. Oh, yeah. Now next year, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not I mean, saying trade because the Leafs can't fit $8 million under the cap, but I'm saying next year in free yeah. agency, you could see Thornton go and play with and sign with the Leafs. Well, I think he'll be, that'll be the place where he's favored to go right off the bat because of the fact that, you know, now it depends, of course, how things go with Marlowe in Toronto because, you know, sure. we could, if Toronto with Marlowe is, is, is a big success, then all is right with the world. If for some reason something goes wrong, which is not, I'm not saying that's ever possible in Toronto, but it's <laughs> possible that, we, you know, that, that something goes wrong with Marlowe and it doesn't play out properly. 
then who then you know who knows I mean but right. not fair I really want to see how that that plays out here now um the re let's talk about Montreal for a second. You guys probably did already, right? Yeah. You can give your thoughts, yeah. Um, I'll give you my quick thoughts on this because when I heard, um, you know, the Raj the Radulov thing, like I said, that's again, it's this is definitely an owner pushing a pushing a general manager. Um, this is no way. I, this is just not a Jim Neal signing to me. Like, that, there's nothing about this. No, I agree. He is. Such I, I, a, I heard at the draft he was being pushed, so I knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he's being pushed. This really puts Montreal up against it because yeah. Montreal, now they, they signed Price yesterday, which was a good move PR-wise because if they hadn't signed Price before they lost Radulov, people would be panicking. They'd be like, oh, right. you know, Price, is, Price isn't going to come back because we lost Radulov. You know, they could, you could <laughs> that happening. So the signing of Price was huge. But now, so now I hear Galchenyuk for Anisimov being thrown around again. And that this is what they, and, you know, the Galchenyuk thing is so crazy because I when I talk to some people in Montreal they're like oh he's he's, he's we like him no we're not he's not and then there are other people that, oh he can't do it he's terrible like I'll actually hear people in Montreal who say he's way overrated he can't play defense at all he doesn't know how to play a system he's not smart up I mean just all kinds of things if they if they do a nice if if Chicago does a nice off for Galchenyuk then you know that uh, that Stan Bowman was a highwayman because he that's highway robbery he, then he has a 357 magnum in his pocket because that's 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 a joke. I mean, I mean but look, I, let's be fair. Anisimov will score 20, 25 goals anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't. Uh, Galchenyuk. I mean, he, yeah, he's like half a season away from being a total bust in Montreal right now. But Galchenyuk will play the wing in right. Chicago, and he'll probably he'll probably play the wing with Patrick Kane. Right, right. And he'll probably score thirty to thirty-five goals in Chicago. Yep. Possibly, yeah. I mean, if he did, you know, he doesn't. I mean, the problem with him, if you're, you're not, if you're replacing Hosa with Galchenyuk, which is like kind of the concept, right? No, Sa Saad's replacing. No. Yeah, Saad. Okay, yeah, I guess Saad's replacing Hosa more, yeah. He's going to take the Panarin role if they yes. do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, you know, again, it's just, I think Montreal is, is going to have to be incredibly aggressive. And, you know, from all I've heard that they are going, they're not going to stop here. And there are some players out there, but not really many players you can sign. Well, we we meant we mentioned Cole. there's nobody to be aggressive left with unless they're making a trade. To me, stick with Drouin and Galchenyuk. Let them play together. Don't make any trades until you see what they can do together. Because you might have magic there, and why would you even risk trading that right. if you do? But I think I my theory here is that if if Duchesne doesn't get done today or the within the it's next, it's not getting done. And it, it, it I mean here's the thing. I talked. I talked to somebody out there. Joe Sackett going. He's purchasing sparklers. I mean, Joe's a sparkler kind of guy. You know Sackick, that. Yeah, Sackick is really frustrating because Columbus and Nashville both think that they've given Sackick exactly what he wants, and they basically have said to him, "It's, it's like you know, I, it's like you're trying to sell me to your car. I've come to you with you said a thousand dollars. I say here's a thousand dollars, and they say, and then and then you say, well, I'm not so sure. He's like, okay, well, what what do you what what do you want then? You know, you don't want a thousand dollars. He's like, no, I want a thousand dollars. It's like okay, are you going to sell me the car? He's like, uh, I'll, I'll see. Do you want something besides a thousand dollars? No, no. And this is what's happening. So they're in this weird spot where <laughs> Sakic is not giving them any indication as to what else he wants, and they've sort of matched this thing. So, you know, I, I think again, if there was an owner there, this would be done because the owner would say, listen, and Duchesne would have somewhere else to go because people don't realize that you know star players will go to owners in situations oh, sure. like this. 
you know, and to, and you know that's what Duchesne, that would be Duchesne's move right now. Would be like, listen, just friggin' trade me already. I'm tired of this. It's like no disrespect, but I'm, and I've been a good soldier and all that stuff. I, so, I, I think he's gonna get done though. Does Montreal get back in on Duchesne because? And I think I could see I could see that playing out. And now Montreal doesn't have the defenseman that they want. Right. But, that's why they won't. But yeah, I mean, unless that, unless they're unless they're willing to trade no. Right. Unless they're willing to trade Noah Juleson, and you know, like I said, you know, it, it, Montreal Paris apparently is allergic to every twenty-something-year-old defenseman. Yeah, they can't. You know, I'll be honest. Montreal can't afford to make that deal. If they make that deal in two or three years, they will be in significant trouble defensively, and they won't be able to come out of it in right. free agency. That's Montreal still in the future. Devils, like Montreal is becoming the New Jersey Devils. Um, <laughs> And that's that's a city that will not be okay with. No, they're still better than the Devils. With a scoring bike, but I mean the Devils, the Devils, you know, Montreal. This is the flying Frenchman city. This is the place where Radulov is exciting because that's where you went there. This is where Lafleur. They don't. Yeah, that's the seventies. They, they haven't won. It be something exciting for them, and they, they don't. Haven't even been to a Stanley Cup since nineteen ninety three. I mean, I all of that's gone. It means nothing. It is, but the fan, but not the fan base, because every time they bring. Player in like this, and I think now I think their next move is Yakupov. I really do. I think that's where they've got to go, which is which is worth a chance. Right? I mean, for them, for Montreal, Yakupov and the Flyers. I've also heard this Anthony with the Flyers of Yakupov. You heard anything about that? Along those lines, and now Yakupov. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's, it doesn't seem like a hexagon move, but it's been out there. Because I look at the lineup and I see the Philly's going down right. He's right wing. Yeah. So if you look at the lineup going down on the right side, it doesn't fit. You can swing to the left, maybe. But even now, it just—I don't see the fit. If he comes yeah. in, Lindblom can't play, and that they're not doing that. They want to open, keep the door open to Oscar Lindblom to be able to right. bring Oscar spot. It's such a great year, obviously, in the SHL. I mean, could, could he get option down to, to the fans? Yeah, if, but it's his spot to lose. But in reality, yeah, between Wheel and him, that's the left. That's now the left side, and yeah. of course, Matera, who's likely going to be on the left side unless they make another trade. Yeah, uh, be the other left one. So yeah, they're pretty well on the wing at this point now. Are pretty well set. Well, yeah. and just just because we're, we're coming up on two o'clock and we can't yeah. go too long here, yeah. you know, the one the one other team that I think um, reflected the ownership pushing the buttons of the GM to make moves that I don't think were particularly good was the Vancouver Canucks. Now Gagne was not a bad move, but Delzato for what they paid him and Anders Nielsen making two point five million dollars to be Jakob Markstrom's caddy. I, I I just think it's insane. Uh, he may or may not be. I think that's another platoon. That could be another yeah. platoon situation there. Right. I'm not necessarily sure about that. Uh, if it happens to be that way, then I mean, you look at Philadelphia. It's kind of the same thing. It's two point seven five for Elliott and two point five for um, for Neuvert. So they'll just look at it as a one one a situation. Delzato. Yeah. I mean, again, defensively they kind of needed him. I think after certainly after Spisa was obviously let uh, they, they let him go to Vegas. So. I think Delzato can still play a role there. And Gagne, probably a little higher than probably I would necessarily would have liked, but Sam did a really good job in Columbus. And, again, he's going to get an opportunity to, to, to really kind of star again in this, in this situation. So, and I think the term was fine and the, and the numbers were, and the dollars were fine. They're, in a, they're, a trans, they're a team in transition, and those guys are that for them. They are well, here's a surprise. This just got reported uh, a little while ago, but maybe, Anthony, you saw it. I wouldn't have thought the Flyers would have even given a qualifying offer to Roman Lubimov, and they did, and he turned it down. 
you turned out, but then again, you have to look at it with Lubimov. They put it in there so they can maintain his rights in this. Circuit. I know, I know, but I'm still surprised that he even he wasn't. He was not a guy that they knew long term that he was not going to be staying. Yeah, yeah. The, no roster spot. Wanted to go back to Russia, and obviously Dan Milstein mentioned it in his tweet about the fact that Olympics were very important to him. Right. You know, there was no guarantee at the NHL level, but again. There was no spot here in Philadelphia, Rome, right. and you just saw how he was used last year. He was used earlier yeah. in the season. Later in the season, pretty much dropped off. They were using Chris Vandevelde over right. him, and but, but that's what see that's what Poyle that's what Poyle did years ago with 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 Radulov when he went back to the KHL. He qualified him so he'd have the right to get yeah. him back if he ever came back to the NHL. So, and, and one last thing, I think that if don't you think Kovalchuk? might be a fit in Montreal now that they're so desperate to fill that void by Radulov that maybe if Kovalchuk doesn't sign in the KHL that it could be – or, you know, that he, that he could find a home in Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kovalchuk – I mean, that's a place I think Kovalchuk would probably like to play. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think – I don't think Bergevin gives him a five-year deal. No way. No oh, way. no, no, no. I, he, he's going to get through. Yeah. Nobody gives him more than three. Oh, Julian with them too is the other one. I think. That's the other problem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was just, I just got this text. I don't know if this is out or not. So it may have been reported, but someone just texted me that the Canadians made the same exact offer to Radula. Yes. Uh, Renault of TVA reported that. That came in, they, that came, according to Radula, that deal came into him after he had already accepted the Dallas <laughs> offer. Because this person said me they texted before July 1st that that offer was made to him. Yeah, he's he's the, well. This is according to Radulov. He said I did yeah. not receive it. I did okay. not receive that until today after I already let them know. Yeah, that I'm signing with Dallas. That's so. curious. Yeah. Sounds like a fax. It sounds like a fax machine issue. Yeah. yeah, and 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 honestly, if they offered them the same dollars, it's not the same dollars because right. Texas is no no taxes, and Montreal is taxes up the wazoo. Oh so, yeah, and the money in Dallas is public relations. It's pure public relations. Yeah, this is spin. Yeah. 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 Okay. There was, I mean, so yeah, we can, um, I was wondering thought I had on the flyers before I went further that I kind of lost my train of thought on, but, um, anyway, we'll, 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 I'm sure we'll come back to it at some point down the line. Um, thanks Anthony so much for jumping on today. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. It was my pleasure. And thanks guys for filling for the first yep. half hour there. Um, big family. I've got like 45 family members down here. So I was trying to sneak away and get everything together and I haven't spent any time with them for three days, of course, because I've been locked in this room. So, And we have, we have, we have tons of people watching and I think that's reflective of the fact that Hockey Central is away for the summer. All the hockey shows are away from the summer. Right. So you're for your first on the show and we'll, and definitely, you know, this is, we'll be here. Like Mike, you know, we'll be here. We won't be here tomorrow because um, we'll be celebrating the uh, birthday of the United States of America tomorrow, but we will be back on Wednesday and then for the rest of the week and there's still a lot to happen here. There's there's so and, many And Nick's not gonna deny that he has a suntan. He won't do it. No, this is actually just from not showering for like three days, but yeah. <laughs> this is the best thank, thank you for that information. No worries. <laughs> for Remember that the bus folks it is just hockey. We will talk to you soon. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.